Welcome to India Sunday. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year. It's always exciting to find out what's going on and really be brought up to date. We have a number of special guests with us today, each of which has their own role to play in informing us about the good work that has been done, is being done, and will continue to be done into the future. Um, I call it India Sunday supporting preachers, widows, and orphans. Now I know some of you give to various groups, you know, like World Vision and things like that, where wells are dug and this, that, and the other, and maybe other uh, services uh, throughout the world. Uh, but you know what? Whenever you give a cross point, you are given to all those things. We've actually dug more. We've dug two wells in India. We have a number of wells in Africa. We've given to a hospital in Honduras, earthquake relief in Ecuador. Uh, it's kind of one-stop shopping. When you put your money into the collection plate here, just as we've done, a portion of that always goes to world missions and world needs. Now, this morning, um, here's kind of how it's going to play out. And so... Listen up if you've got a part in this today. So this service should go seamlessly. Um, David Duran's going to get up and give a little welcome in maybe a couple of minutes. He's going to turn it over to Tim McKee. Tim's going to share. They recently went to India, and him and his wife Judy. And uh, he's got a little slideshow to present. And then David Doolittle wants to keep you abreast of how we are doing financially. And then Joanne Duran is going to come and share some of her thoughts, and I believe you have a little thank you video from Dr. Hubert you're going to set up and show, okay? And then I'll, I'll end us in this message today with a few appropriate scriptures. Um, we'll pray it, we'll stand up and we'll sing it, we'll open the prayer room for those that need it, and then we'll be dismissed. Sound like a plan? Look at this verse on the screen, Acts chapter 10. Verse 38, really cool passage, one of my favorites in the Bible. Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good. Isn't that a cool verse? Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good. Wouldn't you like that to be said of you? I know I would. It can be. You've seen the vision. You've seen the pictures. You've heard the stories. You know what can be done. When Jesus left, he kind of turned the work over to us, right? Are we not his hands? Are we not his feet? Part of doing good is taking care of widows, orphans, preachers with beautiful feet. What do we believe as a church? We believe this. Check this out. We believe a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission will grow a great church. 
Jesus put a high emphasis on the Great Commission. Jesus put a high emphasis on sharing good news. And Jesus went around doing good so the people would listen to him share what? The good news. And so as a church in India, when that van gets loaded up with medical supplies, and they go out and they take care of medical mission needs, people come. And guess what they do? They stay and listen to the good news. Our supreme example is who? Jesus Christ himself. In Luke 19.10 he said, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Our supreme command is the Great Commission. By the way, this is not the good suggestion. It is the Great Commission. And if we don't take this serious, we're not only in violation of missing a blessing, we're in violation of high treason. Because this was the last command that Jesus gave before ascending. And then our supreme worth. What is a, what is a soul worth? Mark 8.36 says, For what shall a profit a man if he should gain the whole world? Think about that. The whole world. Okay, let's suppose you just owned all the oceanfront property and the whole world. All the hotels, all those million dollar homes. Add to that all the airlines. Add to that all the shipping lines. Add to that all the money on Wall Street. Add to that all the gold in the world's now yours. All the diamonds, all the rubies. Just add to that the whole world. All of that is not worth as much as one ever-living, never-dying soul. Just one soul. Doesn't that put it in perspective? That's huge. Now, feeding widows, feeding orphans, is what God considers pure religion. And, and I really didn't have any idea when you guys put together this sign. If you haven't seen it yet, I think today's the first day it's been up. It's the first day I, I saw it. You need to leave here, go into the hallway over here, our new missions board. And this verse, you'll find this verse on that board. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts. What does God accept? I, 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 want, a, I want a religion that God accepts. You know, the word religion just means way of life. What way of life does God accept? Look after orphans and widows in their distress. When was the last time you took care of a widow in distress? When was the last time you took care of an orphan in distress? I don't even know how, how to go about doing that. Well, you have been doing it if you're a member at Cross Point Christian Church. You may not even have known it. But the good work being done over there by this congregation, you have taken part in that. Now, there's two kinds of religion. Let's call it religion A and religion B. Religion A goes something like this. You are religious in name only. In other words, what you do on Sunday doesn't affect what you do on Monday. It's in name only. There's no outward show. There's no nothing. It's just a Sunday, 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 and then go home. It doesn't spill over into the rest of your life. 
That's not what the Bible's talking about when it talks about pure religion. So let's go on to religion B. Here's more what God had in mind. It's really the James 1.27 principle. Doing something like taking care of widows. Doing something like taking care of orphans. Making sure the gospel is preached so you take care of preachers so that their feet can bring good news. Jesus said, go into all the world and be like me. And what was Jesus like? He went around doing good. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. So keep these thoughts in mind. You should be proud that you're a part of a church that believes in missions and pure religion. And you know, every check you give is a part of you going about doing good. Now, we never like to end a service without offering an invitation, so here it is. This same Jesus who went around doing good did something great for you. See, you violated the Ten Commandments just like we all did. Ever told a lie? Ever taken something that didn't belong to you? Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Maybe like an oh wow or worse, like a cuss word? Took the name of a holy God that gave you life and then used it in such an inappropriate way. It's a very serious crime against God and He will not hold you guiltless when you do that. How many lies you got to tell to be a liar? Just one. How many times you got to steal to be a thief? Just once. How many murders you got to commit to be a murderer? Just one. Well, I've never murdered. Oh, really? You've heard it said by them of old time. Thou shalt not murder, but I say unto you, whoever hates his brother in such a way that you wish they were dead. I read an article or a quote of somebody that said, I've never murdered anyone, but I read a lot of obituaries with glee. Hmm. So we're all guilty in word, thought, and deed. Every single one of us. Not a single one of us doesn't deserve death. The spiritual kind. The eternal kind. But you want to know what God did for you so that you would not have to be eternally separated from God? He went on a cross one day and he said, Father, would you punish me and let Bruce go free? And would you let the whole world go free? And the Father says, yes, I will if they believe that you are who you claim to be. If they'll repent of their sins and put their trust in you. How do you do that? The Bible says faith, repentance, and baptism is how you show your faith in Jesus Christ. If you've never done that, today's your day. Our prayer room is going to be open. David and Christy will meet you over there. Maybe you just need prayer today. Maybe you, you want to know more about this church. I know we have a number of guests here this morning. And we're glad that you're here. Guests, stick around. I want to meet you, talk to you. I want to take you to our guest services booth. We've got a wonderful sister named Vicki over there that wants to give you a little gift. We've got a coffee shop with little gift cards for our first-time guests. If you haven't received one of those yet, see me, see Vicki. We'll get you one. But... Go to our prayer room. We, we want to meet you. We want to get to know you. Maybe you're going through a tough time financially and you're going, oh, I want to give to this. Well, you know what? I think God hears your heart. He knows what you want to do. Maybe you need a job. We need to pray for you. You need a job. You need income. And we're willing to do that. 
Whatever your need, in a moment we're going to sing an invitation song. If you go straight to the prayer room, we'll meet those needs. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what we heard today. Thank you, Father, for what we saw with our own eyes. Good things happening at Coco. Thank you for the good work taking place in India. Thank you that we at Crosspoint Christian Church get to play a role in what you're doing there. May what we claim to believe on the inside spill over into our daily lives on the outside. And Father, now if there be anyone here today that doesn't know you as, your, as, as Lord and Savior, may they do so today. In Jesus' name, amen.